heard by now that we're in the life of Joshua, which was a life of real faith and loyalty to God. But it grew over years of him experiencing and witnessing God at work. Joshua was born in Egypt and he worked alongside Moses as Israel wandered in the desert. He was one of the 12 spies sent by Moses to spy out the land, uh, the land God was leading Israel to. And he and a man called Caleb were the only two who came back full of faith that Israel could take the land. And then when Moses died, Joshua seemed to be the obvious choice to lead the nation on. And I pondered his qualities and thought if somebody was writing a reference for him for a new job, they would probably put loyal, courageous, obedient, and wise. I think I'd employ him. But maybe he wasn't as brave as it would seem because God had to give him a specific command. In the first chapter of Joshua, God commands him to be strong and courageous, to not be afraid and not to be discouraged, for the Lord his God will be with him wherever he goes. And it seems as though God is specifically pointing. I think maybe he struggled with, with confidence, um, but he obviously needed to hear that for himself so that he could remind himself that God had promised to be with him wherever he went. And we need to do that, don't we, when God speaks directly to us. Sometimes we need to just remind ourselves what God has said. Um, and maybe we need to hear this morning, each one of us, be strong and courageous. Um, don't be discouraged because God is with you. So I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you for the example of Joshua, just a, a normal human being, but somebody who you called for a specific purpose. And Lord, that you call each one of us for a specific purpose. Um, and so, Lord, just take this word now and use it for your glory in Jesus' name. So one thing I do know is that God, the Lord of all, sees us. He sees our heartache and joy. He sees our desires and dreams. He sees our deepest hopes and potential and knows whatever battle we're about to face or indeed may well be going through. He is with us. So Joshua is called to lead and fight for Israel. Um, and in those days of warfare, the cities were either seen, as far as I can gather, were either taken by force or they were surrounded and the inhabitants would have been starved out into surrendering. And that could take weeks. But God's strategy was given and it appeared a bit strange. However, Joshua stuck with it with obedience. And on the final day, along with a mighty shout, the walls of Jericho fell. But in a way, God had already given the victory. And because of Joshua's obedience, the victory was won. Faith and works go hand in hand, don't they? Before every battle, there is preparation. And in chapter 5, Joshua took the Israelites through some events to prepare them. And these events were circumcision, 
which reminded the Israelites of God's promises, which included taking the land as their inheritance. Mike spoke on inheritance last week, didn't he? Um, and then, then they had to celebrate the Passover, which would have helped the Israelites remember God had delivered their ancestors from Egypt. So it was reminding them of the past and that God hasn't changed and will continue to work. So after that ground had been prepared by Joshua, he's met by a man standing opposite him with a drawn sword, a theophany, which means a manifestation of God to man or woman. And it seems to me that this was showing Joshua that the battle was not his, but God's, and that he needed to submit to God's authority Joshua seems to get it, and then he asks God, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And he's told to remove his sandals as he's standing on holy ground, which would be a sign of respect and submission to God. It's good with the noise in the background, isn't it, of walls falling? With all that in mind, no wonder Joshua is such a strong leader for the Israelites. So that's a bit of the background. Anyway, he arrives at Jericho, and we read that the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. If that had been me, I may well have thought, well, that's that, I'm going home. But when God is working his purposes out, we need to listen very carefully, don't we? And give him time to speak to us. When things don't seem to look the way we think they're going to be, we need to listen to God. So I picture Joshua standing and observing the scene with a question in his heart. Well, what now, God? And then God says in verse two, he says to Joshua, see, I have given you the city. See? All he can see is the city shut up. Doors bolted, gates shut, the works. But God encourages Joshua to see past the problem, to see with his spiritual eyes. And I wonder if that's what he's asking us to do this morning. God wants us to see and understand things from his perspective. God says, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. He then gives the strategy to the problem, telling them to march round the city once a day for six days with the armed men and to have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And there was another reminder for the Israelites here. The Ark of the Covenant was a continual reminder to them that God was with them and that they could approach him. He was in the battle with them. And he's in whatever battle we're in. Because as Christians, we know that God is with us in the person of Jesus Christ, who promises never to fail us or forsake us. But back at Jericho, there's a lot going on here, and you can imagine the Israelite army and people gathering outside the city, possibly feeling a bit of an adrenaline rush um, alongside anticipation, but looking to their leader with trust that he knows what he's doing and will deal with the situation. 
So that's what's been going on outside the walls. But what was going on inside, I wonder? I think the greatest thing that came over was a sense of fear. The God of Israel was a God to be feared, and they knew that. The walls of Jericho were to keep enemies out, but actually they were containing them and they weren't free. It made me think of the Berlin Wall, which was constructed in 1961, supposedly to protect the communist regime from Western culture. But what it actually did was cause division, repression, and a yearning for freedom. It divided families and it cut people off from their jobs. We too can construct walls around ourselves when we're hurt or disillusioned or discouraged by others. But actually, it does us more harm than good because we end up being captives. Katie, can I have your help now? Or do you want to do that? Okay. And that got me thinking of some of the bricks that we construct walls to protect ourselves with. Can you read that? Yeah. Division, which could be between a husband or wife or families. And or, or any anyone. And division causes great heartache for people. Just take a few bits off and stand in the gap. Okay. Can you read that one? Persecution. Sometimes when we're persecuted, we want to hide behind a wall, and that can create. Then there's rejection. Rejection is a massive uh, problem for many one for many people, but. God accepts us as we are, always. Rejection. Then there's perhaps unkind words. Perhaps you've had unkind words spoken over you in your life, and that creates another brick in the wall. Get it, see? Disappointments. Have you been disappointed over something in life that you thought would happen but hasn't happened? All these things create bricks in our hearts in different ways and affect us in different ways. Family feuds. That's heartbreaking for people. Betrayal. And insecurity. We have a problem. We have a problem, Houston. Put it down there. Insecurity. We're all very good at looking confident and, and um, perhaps hiding behind qualifications and things. And inside your heart, there's huge insecurity. Um, 
And that, all of that is, is constructing a wall of hurt. Um, can we have the pictures, Steve? Is, are you able to get that up? Can you, can you see all right? Right. Um, this is a picture of my brother, Simon, um, also known as Pod. You've seen him before on screen a long time ago. Um, and I saw him the other week. And um, he's had motor neurone disease now for probably about 15 years. There are two sorts, one that can take people quickly and one where people just gradually lose ability. Um, and two weeks ago, he nearly fell down the stairs. Uh, so they've had to make the very painful decision of having to move his bedroom downstairs. And when I first, when my sister-in-law sent out the prayer request, because they were very upset by it, needless to say, I just sat and cried because it reminded me of the cruelty of this disease, the cruelty of disease for people. And he could build up a wall of anger and disappointment, frustration at the battle he faces. But when I asked him how he reacted, to making the decision of moving downstairs. This was his reply. Whenever a step change comes your way, embrace it with joy. In this life, you will have trouble. You can withdraw, drive at it with anger, or ride above it. And it reminded me again of if he had gone down the route of anger and um, frustration, that's another brick in the wall which would isolate him behind the wall. Um, the biblical strategy to our trials and battles is count it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And because of my brother's choice to see things differently, he is free to be the person he is. That's not to say he doesn't have moments of sadness and frustration, but he looks to his heavenly father and knows that he is with him every step of the way. So sometimes God does tell us to do strange things. And as I said earlier, that it would appear a bit odd that Joshua is told to march around Jericho with all the armed men, leading seven priests, carrying the Ark of Covenant, and then more armed men behind the Ark, and to walk around it once each day for six days in silence. Then on the seventh day, God instructs Joshua to change tactics and walk around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets, and that when the priests gave a loud, long blast on the trumpet, the people were, sh were told to shout, and it's a shout of victory. <coughs> they were told to shout because the Lord had given them the city. And the number seven is God's number and signifies completion, and it's mentioned many times throughout the Bible, and it's as though on that seventh day that victory had been won it was completed god had completed that battle so god is faithful to what he promises and the walls fell because israel had faith 
And it's the same for us too. We are saved by faith. And when we have faith, we want to obey God. And it's God who gives us the victory over our enemies, both physical and spiritual. God is the beginning and he's also the end. He's with us at the beginning of our lives and battles, and he's with us at the end. The bit in between is when he leads us through every trial we have to go through. So the question is, are you, am I trapped behind a wall? The bricks are often put in place without us realizing it. And there is a strategy to take these bricks away. The strategy is to bring whatever trial we're going through to Jesus. He came to set the captive free. And that takes time as we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into a place where we will allow that wall we've built up to be taken down brick by brick. But it's a continual process of choosing to see past the battle and to see things from God's perspective. Does it mean our battle ends? No. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he writes, we are afflicted in, afflicted in every way, crushed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And our walk on this earth isn't that different, is it? Although we are very fortunate and blessed that we don't suffer the persecution other people are suffering. We need each other and we need to remember that we too are commanded to be strong and courageous, to not be terrified, to not be discouraged, for the Lord our God is with us. So let's close, let's bring those bricks in the wall to the Lord and ask him to help us see the battles we're facing from his perspective and ask for his help to change and take the bricks down one by one.